It's Monday. What's going on, crew? Paul Artale here. Welcome to the Fiercely Successful Podcast, that podcast that gives you a motivational shot in the arm every Monday to make sure you go after your goals harder than you did the week before. Hope you're all doing well. Hope you all had a great Thanksgiving. And um, thanks to all those who tuned in last week. If you have not listened to last week's episode, I go through motivational lessons from the movie Rudy, right? Rudy, 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 right? I mean, great stuff there. Every once in a while, I like to incorporate movies into my motivational lessons and lots from not just the movie Rudy, but actually from the life of Daniel Rudy Rudiger, the actual person the movie is based on. So please go back and check that out. But today we're talking about willpower, right? The Everything you need to know about willpower and how to train yourself to have better willpower, how to train yourself to increase your your willpower. But before I go into my insights on that, just a quick reminder to make sure to like, subscribe, download to this podcast, comment, depending on what format you're looking at, and of course, support it in any way you can, because I would be greatly appreciative as we continue to grow this podcast every week. And for those out there, uh, let's be honest, Thanksgiving just ended, uh, the holiday season is, is is upon us, and of course with that comes the New Year's resolution, and you know, let, let, I'm just going to be real with you, if you are uh, feeling burnt out, if you're struggling with your work-life balance, if you know that means you're feeling burnt out, it means you maybe you're, you're struggling with your time, time management, time management too, because there's not enough time for all of us, right? Uh, if you're struggling with your time management, uh, feeling like just you're stuck in your life. You want to live your best life. If you feel like that, that you, all any any of those emotions, or maybe something that just resonates with the word work-life balance, I invite you to sit for a a one-on-one clarity session with me. And really, what I'm doing, I am launching a new e-course and and virtual community that's live and it's in person over the interwebs, of course and on the topic of work-life balance and achieving your best life. And to create that program, to make it perfect, I need to interview folks like you who might be struggling with work-life balance so that I can create a curriculum that is tailored specific to your needs. So if you would give me a gift of your time, your information will help me create the program. And I also promise that sitting in the session with me, you'll also get some insights uh, into your own work-life situation and I think it's a win-win situation. So if you're interested, go to the comments section um, with this, or so I should say go to the description and check out the link and set up a one-on-one session with me. Okay, that's enough of that. Let's go into this week's message, which is all about willpower. So when we think about willpower, we're always thinking about this need to overcome, right? Like you have to tough it out. You have to gut it out. And, and willpower is this innate force inside of us that just allows us to say no or to will our way, you know, power ourselves through things. And while there's elements of truth in that, I want you to think about willpower in a completely different way. I want you to think about willpower as a muscle, okay? So quite often we think of willpower as some sort of force or energy level, but really I want you to think about it as a muscle. And it's a muscle because it, number one, it's it's something you develop, right? Like we all have muscles, but we have to strengthen those muscles and utilize those muscles on a consistent basis in order to actually use them uh, effectively, right? You cannot get stronger and lift more weights or 
jump higher if you don't use those muscles and train them all the time. And willpower is actually the same way. Um, and so, again, shifting your mindset from the idea that willpower is some sort of like meter, right, or a, a gas gauge that you you know you just you gotta like you have it in the tank and you you can you can overcome to something a muscle that you develop and, and you work through. And I think that's important because not only is a muscle that you strengthen and develop uh, important, but something else you have to understand about a muscle is that it is also something you need to take care of. Okay, you have to take care of your muscles. If you work your muscles too hard consistently, what's going to happen? You're going to get tired, right? You're going to injure yourself. You're going to possibly regress, especially if you injure yourself, right? You take yourself out of the game. And now that you're out and you're not exercising that muscle because you've hurt it, you actually come back maybe weaker than you were before. And willpower is actually the same way. Let me give you an example that we all have, especially at Thanksgiving. We probably ran into this, but realistically, it happens outside of the holiday season as well. Let's take an example of something as simple as food, right? I'm going to eat better. And you make the declaration, and because the universe has a sense of humor, when you make the declaration that you're going to eat better, and you say, I'm not going to eat any sugar, no more sweets until February 18th of 2021, and you make that declaration, of course, what's the first thing that happens, right? Somebody in your household goes shopping. There's a dozen donuts sitting right in front of you, right? Uh, right? Or Pre-COVID, they would, you'd go to work and it would be somebody's birthday. It'd be a, a big-ass cake sitting there waiting for you, right? And it, <laughs> so with all of that, I mean, you, 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 face this, you face this challenge in front of you, right? And when we're talking about willpower, I mean, the traditional notion is that, well, I'm going to sit in front of those donuts and not eat them, right? I'm going to have a conversation with my family and not even touch the donut. And that, that's clearly what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to the office party. I'm going to show up to the birthday celebration, but I'm not going to eat the cake. I will have some water and maybe some celery if they have it, but not going to eat the cake, right? And, and we, we think about those situations. And here's the reality. Sometimes we do that. Right? Sometimes we totally power through and we don't touch the donut. We don't touch the cake because we are awesome. But here's the but. If it happens a second day in a row, let's say, hypothetically, can you say no to the donut again? Can you say no to the cake again? Some of you say, well, of course, Paul. It actually happened to me. I did. Two days in a row. Powered through it. No cake. No donuts. What about the third day in a row? Which, by the way, in the office scenario of a third birthday, a lot of birthdays going on in that office. Good for them. And you say, yeah, maybe after three days. Okay, maybe four days. But there comes a point where you get to that and one of two things is going to start to happen. You, number one, either start negotiating. And you go, you know what? I've been really good. Didn't eat the donut for four days in a row. Eh, I'll have a crumb. I'll have a bite. I'll have a quarter. I'll just have a small piece of cake. Right? Or maybe you just say, screw it, I'm going to have it, I'm going to treat myself, or I just can't take it anymore. No matter how hard I try, I just cannot do it. And that is the that is the muscle weakening, right? That That is the willpower just sort of collapsing because it's been overworked so much that you've been trying to like bull your way through these scenarios that at some point you just kind of crumble and fall. And what happens after you eat the cake or the donut? You feel good. I'm Canadian. I love my I love me my Tim Hortons donuts, uh, especially the the Boston cream. And 
you know, you feel that shame, you get frustrated. And now you have another choice. You have to try and reset yourself or you just give up. Now, both are not good scenarios. Number one, if you reset yourself, you have to almost like reprime your way of thinking, right? So you have to think about, you know, you, you have to get your mindset back into that, okay, I'm not going to eat sugar again, right? Like you almost have to retrain it. You have to like re-motivate yourself. And the reset is harder because now you're going to go into it. you got to find an extra load of energy just to sort of get you back to where you were, which is why a lot of us, when we reset ourselves, um, when we reset ourselves, we often feel that we need to take some time off. And sometimes we don't like, we don't often say, well, I'm going to take six months off from eating sugar and I'll come back. But the reality is you need time to elapse between when you've kind of given up and the willpower is at, at its full depletion and when you feel like you're ready to go after it again and you could sit in front of that chocolate cake and not eat it because that's how much energy it takes out of us. All right. So the reset, while eventually can be a good thing, typically is it sets us back, right? It's not ideal. You know, the other element to think about is if we have a total collapse, then we often we give in and we just have this defeatist attitude that, well, I can never really overcome sugar. So let me compromise this in some way. And I'm going to, you know, just say, screw it. I'm going to eat it whenever I want, or I'm going to start eating it twice a week. You start to sort of downgrade your objectives. And that's not good either, because whatever you're trying to fix in your life, you're basically making a compromise that either it's never going to get fixed or it's not going to be fixed to its maximum potential. And both of that's just garbage. You don't really want to do that. So thinking about that, right? So willpower is, is something you cannot tire out. Now, let me say this before I go on to the next part is that sitting in front of the cake, sitting in front of the donut, sitting in front of the situation that is tempting you, that is challenging you and saying no to it is powerful. And at some point you will need to do it. The issue is when we consistently put ourselves in these situations that they become dangerous and they actually set us back. So when we talk in a, so think about that when we're talking about willpower. Now, here's the thing. And I read this somewhere and I want to read this to you because, um, I just really liked it. And so the quote comes from something I read. I'm reading on a, a goal attainment uh, resource I'm looking at. It says, true willpower comes when preparation meets commitment. Let me say that again. True willpower comes when preparation meets commitment. I love that. Let's look at those two elements, right? Let's look at the commitment piece, right? Well, we talked about already what the commitment is, right? Quite often when we, we set up that goal, we know that we were committed to it and some level, right? Again, using the sugar and the cake, not going to eat it. I'm committed to this, right? So you have this initial energy, this enthusiasm uh, that creates your, what I call like the willpower, uh, you know, the willpower meter, the willpower muscle, I should say, let's go back to the muscle analogy, right? It kind of, it pumps up your willpower biceps, right? And that commitment really gets you going. But the part that we often forget is the preparation part, right? So you want those bulked up muscles so you can sit into those, you come into those situations where you're like, I will not eat that cake. That cake will not destroy me. And you want that. And that was a really bad Schwarzenegger impression. So I apologize to all those who had to listen to that. Um, but you're right. But the preparation is is important because we can't be expected to resist temptation in every moment all the time. It's like I said, it's just not going to sustain itself over the long haul. So we need to prepare for situations where 
our goals might be infringed upon where our commitment might be in jeopardy, right? So thinking about, you know, do you need, ask yourself questions like, do you need any materials or equipment when you're talking about, you know, creating your goal or fighting the temptation, right? Do you need to change your schedule? Do you need to remove anything from your home? Um, are there scenarios or people you need to avoid so that you don't have to be constantly bombarded with this? Or is there a, an upcoming situation that you can uh, plan around so that this issue will not be presenting you in the face and then, you know, really trying to weaken that willpower muscle? Okay. So again, think about materials and equipment. Think about scheduling. Thinking about what needs to be removed from your house. Thinking about the people you hang out with, the situations that arise. And again, thinking about how you can um, arrange yourself and put yourself in a position for success. That's something I talk about a lot. Success and goal attainment is about putting yourself in a position to win. So let's talk about the sweets scenario that I've been rambling about all day uh, in this podcast today. So thinking about, do you need materials or equipment? Okay, well, <laughs> I don't know what that would be specifically equipment in that case, but you know what? Um, Sometimes you go to a social party and you know that you're going to be faced with things. And, and even in my own house, as someone that's, that's lost almost 60 pounds in the last year and a half, uh, you know, I, I have, uh, you know, I have different uh, keto, diabetic and just sort of ex non, I call them non-harmful desserts, right? For times when maybe there is a celebration or when I'm just feeling snacky. Right. And, and I do that. My last birthday for my birthday, my, 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 my lovely wife, Sherry, made me a keto chocolate cake. Right. So uh, there was some definitely some materials needed for that. But thinking about all these great things that you can put. So for in the food scenario, I would make sure I have things in place to help me uh, divert my attention from what other things are going on. And I mean, like Halloween's a great example. My kids had a lot of Halloween candy and, and I'm trying to avoid sugar and, and eat really healthy. And so I would have a lot more of the diabetic chocolate bars. I actually found this brand. It's got Choco, right? Um, and they have a chocolate almond bar for diabetics, which is just amazing because it doesn't spike blood sugar. It's low in calories and just, it's good. I can eat it guilt-free. And, and so you know, that's one of the materials I have and actually made Halloween a lot easier because if I felt snacky. I would go to that. You know, do I need to change my schedule? Thinking about schedule changes again. You know, the one thing to think about with ch uh, schedule changes and uh, locations is, again, looking at what are the upcoming events, right? I mean, listen, I'm not telling you to be antisocial. I'm not saying because it's so-and-so's birthday party and you've sworn off cake, you need to not go to so-and-so's birthday party, but maybe you schedule yourself to go between certain hours before the cake arrives or maybe after it comes, right? You just need to figure out how does that work? Um, you know, maybe you need to let someone in on it and create an accountability buddy before you go to that situation. So thinking about ways you can work around the schedule so that you don't fall behind. Um, you know, the, the question of, do you need to remove anything from your home? Again, I'm using a food example. So in the food example, it's, I'm, I'm getting rid of as much junk food as possible, as many sweets as possible and, and trying to minimize that. And, and for me, I take it a step further and have conversations with my family of, listen, I don't expect you to like never eat sugar. I would like a donut once in a while as well. But let's be honest, I, you can't be buying bags of cookies and cakes and keeping that around me. Right. So, you know, let's not do that. And we've had some really good negotiations. We've actually decided not to buy certain things, A, because I, 
I can't say no to a Twinkie. Uh, and, and more importantly, because we just made some family health decisions. So what do you need to remove? Um, and again, and I think that the other thing, last thing to think about is, is people. And to use to use this, the uh, the cake example, as I'm still going on this, is that, listen, uh, as someone that's personally in my life gone, gone through ups and downs with food, uh, to know that there are some people just will not promote healthy eating habits or your type, the eating habits you need. And I'm not saying cut people out of your lives because they want to eat, you know, carbolicious bagels and you you don't. But thinking about how and when you associate with them um, in the context of your goal is really important. So for me, there are times where I won't eat with certain people or in certain scenarios because of the sort of the diets that's there. And honestly, for me, it's more situational than individual, knowing that, you know, if my family's having certain types of meals for dinner, that I'm probably not going to be there for it. Bottom line. I mean, I'm going to eat my own thing. I might actually, I, I've actually at times in my own household, ate dinner with my family, with my family at the table. And I'm kind of in the kitchen eating my own thing. Why? Because I want a physical barrier between me and the tortellini, right? Me and the lasagna. I, you know, I don't do a lot of carbs for the most part. So when I'm sitting there with my eggplant and, 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 and cutlet, and they're eating the lasagna and the bread rolls, and I, I don't want the carbs, and I don't want everything that comes with it. I physically separate myself, right? And so again, you do what you need to do, but and that's not something that happens spontaneously, but it is something that I planned for. And here's the great thing, though: the more you plan, back to you know willpower's commitment when it meets preparation, the more you plan around these things, the better you're actually equipped when they become. Uh, sudden occurrences. So with the food example, right, I had to learn over time that with certain foods on the table, I couldn't just exist at a table some days. I didn't have the energy to exist at that table and eat my thing while they ate their thing. I had too much of a tendency to want to pick at the food or especially with little kids, right? They don't eat all their pasta, going to eat that, or they're not going to eat all their pie and eat that for them because we can't let it go to waste, right? So it was by me sort of separating myself physically and in some cases taking a drive, but usually just kind of put myself into the kitchen, which we have an open concept kind of house. So I'm still there with them. For me, that was training for those few times when something would come up unexpectedly or someone would come visit and drop by with the food and I knew it was there at the table. I didn't want to be antisocial. So I would just remove myself from the barrier. But that removal, that habit of removal for me happened out of preparation first. And the more you prepare and engage in situations, the easier it is for you to react on the fly when they occur. So that's what I want you to know about willpower. That's why willpower is a muscle. You learn to exercise it. You learn to strengthen it. You learn to train it. You learn how to use it in different situations. And that's what I want you to remember today, that willpower on its own is great, but it can, it's got to be used in concentrated doses. It cannot be relied on all the time because ultimately it will fail if you're constantly trying to power through it. So remember that true willpower comes when preparation meets commitment. Understand what you need. Understand what you need to add, what you need to be successful, and what you need to remove, and then what you need to plan around so that your willpower is not always being put to the test directly that you can actually manage and account for it. That's the lesson this week. I want you to have the willpower to go after your goals this week, and I want you to have the willpower to g give in to temptation and to subscribe, like, download this podcast, share it with your friends. And of course, for those that are having some issues with work-life balance, you want a little bit more clarity on your work-life situation, please go to the link in the description of this podcast, set up a one-on-one -on -one focus session, clarity session with me, 
and we will talk about work-life balance. You'll tell me what your frustrations are for my program. I'll help you understand things a a little bit more clearly. It's a win-win. That's the podcast for this week. Please go after it harder than you did the week before. We're coming off Thanksgiving. Be thankful for the opportunity to keep going after your dreams because that is one of the most beautiful things you can do in life. I'm Paul Artale. For more information, visit www.paulartale.com. And I will see you all next Monday, maybe with some theme music. I wasn't feeling it this week. Have a good one, crew.